Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have always said that if liberals don't have double standards, they would not have any standards at all. (laughs) And the reason this is funny is that it is so true. The question is, though, why is this so true so often? Well, I would venture to say that part of the answer lies in the fact that liberalism is an emotional ideology. And what I mean by that is that in order to be a true leftist liberal, your beliefs have to be strongly motivated by your emotions and really not by logic. On the other hand, and and on the other end of the perspective, conservatives tend to be a lot more rational and logical and sometimes too much so. We we tend to want our opinions to to be able to fit into uh, nice little boxes or, or just at least nicely fit together. We want the ability to, to look at our opinions and measure and scrutinize them and make sure that they can stand up to truth. Truth is like that. It always fits together like a puzzle. If something you believe uh, is, is inconsistent with your other beliefs, it probably means that you should look at at that belief and make sure that it is entirely true. If you have to start changing a lot of your other beliefs just to fit a new one in, there's usually something wrong with that. Generally speaking, liberals don't really care much about that. They operate on their feelings for the most part. And if something feels good, then that is the side that they want to take. They often look at what makes them feel good and take that ideology. This is what makes it hard for them to have open and honest debates or even discussions about serious topics. Their their positions are not based on long, thought-out, logical arguments that that have um, all the consequences factored in. They just know that what they believe feels right, and that's all that really matters. And this is why liberals have no problem promoting things that will have no effect on the problem they claim to want to be solving and just promote something for the sake of virtue signaling. Because of all this, conservatives often will do almost anything to not be seen as a hypocrite, to to do or support things that can contradict with each other, uh, show them to, to be illogical. And this is a terrible thing for a conservative and and a sign that they are incorrect on some level. Liberals, on the other hand, lose very little sleep knowing that they are seen as hypocrites. They can have two different positions on something that that conflict with each other, and it it doesn't really even phase them. They, They don't even see the hypocrisy most of the time because they're too busy you know, basking in in the feelings of doing good things. And recently, there came a number of articles from the Daily Wire that highlighted just how liberals can be hypocrites and just how funny it can be to see it in action. Like this first one uh, that I I thought was really it was it was maybe something from the Babylon Bee. But upon in 
further inspection, it really, it really did happen. And it made me laugh out loud the whole time I was reading it. And I'm going to try to hold it together to, to give it to you here. <laughs> Remember Martha's Vineyard residence. Um, and they had to, to deal with illegal aliens for two days in September, uh, courtesy of one Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. This was uh, after Labor Day and, and the season was starting to slow down. And suddenly, 49 men, women, and children appeared on the island. None of these liberals had ever seen anything like it, perhaps because they are on a li- liberal island secluded from the democratic policies causing the flood of illegal aliens in the first place. But nonetheless, these these hardy New Englanders dealt with the newcomers for a, uh, a, a paltry 48 hours, and, and that was the best that they could do. <laughs> but for their Herculean task, though, the Boston Globe, the the region's largest left-wing rag, has awarded the citizens of Martha's Vineyard the title of Bostonians of the Year. (laughs) It it should be noted that that past recipients include Monica Cannon uh, Grant, who is a BLM-aligned activist who was arrested last March along with her husband, Clark Grant, uh, the two were uh, federally charged and arrested on 18 counts of fraud and conspiracy in, re- in relation to her nonprofit, the Violence in Boston nonprofit, or, or as known as VIB. Over the summer, VIB shut its doors and Cannon and Grant requested unemployment assistance from the state. Yet, Cannon Grant's uh, troubles of her own making are nothing compared to the plight of the the uh, denizens of the lily white vacation spot of climate czar john Kerry and the obamas had to go through of course a fiasco also of their own making but we'll continue here's how the globe article starts off which should let readers from stanford connecticut to sasco maine know that they are in for a real treat Here's, here's here's part of the article. Uh, Lisa Belcastro had just finished teaching a karate class when she checked her phone and saw an urgent text. It was from a friend at Martha's Vineyard Community Services, the island's safety net nonprofit. Quote, we have about 50 Venezuelans here, her friend said. We don't know why they're here or, or how they got here, but we have to take care of them. You might recognize the name Bel Castro from, um, well, it's, it's because she is the, the same broad who, who exasperatingly told the press that sooner or later, those pesky South Americans uh, and those South American visitors would have to say vamos or adios, as she put it. <laughs> At some point in time, they have to move from here to somewhere else, right? She said. And she said, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants. <laughs> and we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis uh, here on this island. <laughs> and, and they did leave soon after. The illegal immigrants were on a bus flanked by 
a National Guard the very next day. Uh, where those people are now, well, nobody knows. But one thing is for sure, they aren't hanging around Martha's Vineyard. And and thank God for that, Bel Castro must be thinking at this point. But the, despite the summer population hovering around 200,000 on that island, and the off-season hovering around 20,000, the townsfolk said that they could not possibly find housing or anything for these folks. The idea of using their own money and, and housing for an extended period of time, not the taxpayers' moolah, never occurred to them. Regardless, the, the Globe thought their efforts deserved recognition. And the main resting place for these Hispanic sojourners was the basement of a small chapel. Again, the island is littered with gigantic mansions and numerous bed and breakfasts and things. But for some reason, the best that they could do was to burrow in a tiny church. (laughs) And it was one of the wildest things the vineyard has ever seen. And boy, did people flock once they got wind uh, such exotic visitors had arrived. Everybody just had to see the latest attraction. It was even more exciting than seeing the former President Barack Obama go on a walk on the beach. That, and, and that's no joke. That's nearly a direct quote from the paper. Let, let me read it to you. Quote, as Belcastro, Baker, and other volunteers dusted off cots and inflated air mattresses in St. Andrew's basement, reports of the surprise visitors began to ripple across the island, the paper read. That attracted residents to the church with the same urgency that an Obama sighting mobilized tourists in the summer, unquote. <laughs> Besides highlighting one guy who spoke Spanish and another volunteer who who didn't uh, eat a a crumb all day, the the, the paper did admit that Americans' immigration system is not working. There's at least one point of agreement for uh, opponents in the the nation's immigration debate. Our system is broken, and, and opportunists are exploiting the crisis. Now, who the uh, opportunists are is up for grabs, and some some fault all the immigrants pouring over our porous southern border. Others fault uh, right uh, hard right lawmakers for being indifferent to human suffering and focusing instead on on scoring political points. But you will notice that the words Joe Biden or Democrats are not factored into the Globe's analysis as as to whom is is to blame for the crisis and that, that actually is, is approaching 14,000 border crosser, uh, crossings per day. Now, you also won't find any of the citizens of Portland, Maine, uh, recognized as Bostonian of the year for how they had to handle Ill- Ill- illegal immigration. Since, since 2019, the largest city in the 44th poorest state in America has spent more than $60 million dealing with asylum seekers, as the left love to call them. Nor will the globe recognize towns like the once prominent Milltown Lawrence, Massachusetts, that have been ravaged by illegal aliens bringing in deadly drugs like fentanyl into the country. All of, all of that is because a southern border that has been ignored for decades by Democrats 
and and, and well as as some established Republicans. Um, and, and and when and pre- when President Donald J. Trump tried to tackle it, he was vilified as as a Nazi for four years straight by the kind of folks who read the Globe on a daily basis. But hey, for forty eight hours, Martha's Vineyard residents got a taste of their own medicine. Unfortunately, their main takeaways from the the experience was that they are modern day Martha. Uh, Mother Teresa's. You, you'd you'd think they would conclude that they should stop voting Democrats so that the poorest uh, places strewn throughout America uh, don't have to deal with the same problem 24-7 and 365, but they'd have to stop kissing their own behinds before that was to happen. So, so these liberals on Martha's Vineyard look like hypocrites for being so upset at at ushering 49 illegal aliens off their island. It's it's a terrible thing for them when when it's in their backyard, but not so much when others have it far worse. They not only don't see the hilarious hypocrisy here, they grant each other the awards for their heroism of that 48 hours that they had to endure. But but they they are not the only ones that look absolutely silly in their hypocrisy. Many athletes like LeBron James and others, well, they show their true colors and use their platform to spout liberal ideology and look so foolish in the process. I mean, LeBron James, for instance, has done this so many times that he has inspired the phrase, shut up and play ball. <laughs> For another example came came this week though when the NFL's executive vice president of football operations presided anger at at uh, league meetings this week by by allegedly likening NFL scouting co- combine where college players perform so teams can judge whether they're they're fit for their needs to a slave auction. That's what I said to a slave auction. Now, Troy Vincent, who played in the NFL for 16 seasons and made the Pro Bowl five times, reportedly made the incident, uh, incendiary remarks while uh, announcing that the combine would feature a less stringent medical evaluation process and a close examination of what questions teams ask the players. So they're going to be less transparent. (laughs) According to CBS Sports, Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank took umbrage with the comments, not liking the claim that he was collaborating or aiding in an event some might consider racist. Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones reportedly took over from Blank and spoke of the benefits of playing in the NFL. And during the meetings, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell also chimed in, saying, for us, it is really about trying to improve that experience. Now, earlier in the meetings, Vincent reportedly said the league should reevaluate the combine because it was the first time many players would interact with the NFL. Quote, we just feel like the overall experience, taking the players, we, we, can, we can be better in that particular aspect, he said. So there was, I would say, a good discussion around 
what looks what that that looks like where we could be keeping in mind that the combine is the player's first experience with the national football league and in that experience there has to be dignity it's a great opportunity for young men but there has to be some form of dignity and level of dignity and respect as they go through the process he continued that was the overall theme around our combine discussion. So so what you have here is another liberal hypocrite who himself had a 16-year career in the NFL. And he he made his money to the tune of a net worth currently uh, at $5 million. So his net worth today is 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 at $5 million. But he would rather have these athletes highlight their skills one individual team at a time instead of in front of all the teams at once. And, and why is that the case? Because he thinks it looks too close to a slave auction. Really? I mean, that's hilarious. These guys are trying out in order to, to, have, to, to, to have their dream of playing in the NFL. Many of these guys have worked hours and hours and hours in training they've 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 done this from the time that they were small and and this is their opportunity to have a better life and and they and 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 here they get to show off their skills in order to do that and what is it being called by somebody who went through this process and had a career in in the nfl and now claims that it's a slave auction but one of the most hilarious things is when a liberal complains about something and then does the very thing they work to eliminate. <laughs> Have you seen that before? Liberal governors like, like Gavin Newsom eating out at, uh, at a restaurant maskless after proclaiming that it was unsafe uh, kind of comes to mind, doesn't it? But how about James Cameron directed, uh, you know, he, he directed the very popular movie Avatar just to, uh, you know, it's been a few years ago. And it, it, it was just visually stunning. I mean, I saw it. It was visually stunning, but it was very preachy. Its message was very much an environmental one. Um, so, so when his new movie, Avatar 2, was being promoted in Japan recently, his hilarious hypocrisy showed. Animal rights activists are out in force against uh, director James Cameron for his decision to use live dolphins to promote his newly released movie, Avatar, The Way of Water. Now, video from the press tour in Tokyo shows dolphins performing tricks in the water, including the marine mammals lifting two trainers into the air. The Canadian director, who can be seen enjoying the show, along with movie stars Zoe uh, Zeldana, Sam uh, Worthington, um, Sigourney Weaver, and uh, Stephen Lang, as well as producer uh, John Landau. Well, I mean, Cameron jokingly said of the Dolphins that that he was confident that everyone asked their permission to be in the show. Quote, I love these animals. I love their intelligence, he said. I love their social ability and their ability to connect with us and to interact with us and learn from us, unquote. Well, that didn't go over too well with PETA. <laughs> PETA U.S. Senior Vice President Lisa Lang expressed her outrage over the use of live dolphins to promote the movie. 
quote, James Cameron waiting 13 years for the development of the right technology to bring the underwater world of Pandora to life. She told plant-based news, of course, plant-based news, quote, why, why on earth didn't he pause for just five minutes to consider whether he should be, she, he should have allowed himself to be seen as endorsing the cruelty of marine parks. <laughs> she also said, confining far-ranging dolphins to concrete tanks and using them as surfboards, <laughs> riding on their faces <laughs> in circus-style shows is something the villains of Avatar would do. Oh, no. PETA urges him to to reject such animal misery outright and and encourages everyone to shun these cruel parks. <laughs> if, you, if, you've, if you haven't seen the video, I mean, they, they look absolutely happy doing all this. Uh, Lang also told uh, uh, Yahoo News uh, Australia that she originally believed the dolphins were um, animated <laughs> or, or, you know, some kind of movie magic type of thing, but then discovered that they were actually real animals <laughs> to see james cameron scurney weaver and sam worthington sitting there applauding was shocking she said the trainers were were treating those dolphins like like circus clowns oh they were treating them like human beings they were riding on the noses of dolphins i mean that's a that's as bad as it gets she said she she wasn't the only one furious at cameron though <laughs> Captain, uh, captive dolphins are confined to tiny, barren, artificial and environment 200,000 times smaller than their natural habitat. They endure se uh, severe suffering and distress and live and live much shorter lives on average than their wild counterparts. And this is the World Animal Protection Group director Cameron Harsh. Uh, <laughs> appropriately named, said, and he said in, in, in a statement uh, that uh, Cameron's decision uh, confoundedly out of step with his reputation. <laughs> Many fans and activists went so far as to call for boycotts of the new Avatar movie, and they were especially incensed because Cameron is a vegan and animal rights advocate himself. <laughs> like I say, I mean, if you watch the video of this it's it's even funnier when when you see uh what the reaction is here these dolphins love this kind of thing they are they are taken care of by experts and don't don't have a care in the world but it's hilarious when liberals like cameron don't see the hypocrisy and it comes back to bite him it is always hilarious when liberals don't don't um think that what is is good for the goose is good for the gander like the other day when Twitter CEO Elon Musk um, permanent, uh, he, he actually banned multiple high-profile left-wing media figures from the platform uh, last Thursday evening for violating a rule about posting information that revealed the location of his private jet. Accounts that were, uh, that were banned include, uh, and it really shouldn't be called banned, they were suspended, uh, included left-wing uh, propagandist and and former Vox journalist Aaron Rupar, uh, CNN reporter Donnie O'Sullivan, uh, New York Times reporter Ryan Mack, and Washington Post reporter Drew uh, Harwell, as well as the Intercept journalist uh, Micah Lee and hardcore leftist Keith Oberman. 
Now, Mike uh, Solion, uh, editor-in-chief of Pirate Wires, wrote on Twitter, so far, I've been able to confirm about half of the accounts uh, are suspended uh, and, and that they're suspended because they posted links to Jet Tracker thing in violation of the new doxing policy. Now, Musk responded to this tweet by writing, same doxing rules apply to journalists as apply to everyone. You see, you see, liberals love to, to do the I'm a journalist thing when everybody can be a journalist. There's, there's no difference between a journalist and, and anyone else. Criticizing me all day long is totally fine, said Elon. But doxing my real time location and endangering my family is not. So what was the what were these 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 liberal journalists hilariously uh, hypothetical response to this. Well, after one of its reporters was suspended on Thursday, CNN said that it will reevaluate its relationship with Twitter depending on the explanation given for the suspension. the the uh, The statement was issued by uh, uh, by CNN after Donnie O'Sullivan was suspended, along with a, a bunch of others, obviously for the doxing, and and and. They, they said that Twitter's increasingly inst- instability and vol- volatility should be of incredible concern for everyone that uses the platform. <laughs> yes, we should all be very concerned. Other reporters who cover Musk were also suspended on Thursday, uh, as, as we talked about. And, and, and they said that without uh, commenting on, on uh, specific accounts, and this is, this is from, from Twitter themselves, that uh, that that this is their policy, and and when you dock somebody, they're going to suspend you. Um, <laughs> and Musk said, it, you know, it's a seven day suspension. Um, so he he said that the same doxing rules apply to journalists as to everyone else. He said in one tweet, they posted my exact real time location, basically assassination coordinates in obvious direct direct violation of Twitter terms of service. On Wednesday, Twitter suspended the account that uh, used publicly available flight data. And, and actually, there was some of that that's not publicly available to track Musk's private jet. And Musk said in a tweet that a crazy stalker attacked a car in Los Angeles carrying one of his young children because of this. So O'Sullivan was suspended after posting a tweet uh, about this claim and said, well, I, I'm just reporting on it. What's well, the same thing? Musk uh, completed his his uh, $44 billion purchase uh, of Twitter in late October and has uh, promoted the release of the, the Twitter files, which have shown uh, internal discussions about major uh, decisions within Twitter before his takeover, including efforts to suppress certain accounts and posts. And uh, if, if you remember... Uh, we have covered this uh, here recently quite a bit because uh, because there's some really interesting things within those Twitter files. Uh, Musk had the opportunity of taking over Twitter and being able to see exactly what went on here. And, and, and many of these things that happened, many of these suspensions, many of these um, these bans, uh, shadow banning, all this kind of stuff was done because they didn't agree 
with what was being posted there on, on their own platform. And, and they didn't, it wasn't done because, you know, somebody violated, you know, one of their policies or anything. This was all done simply because they didn't agree with that conservative position. They didn't agree that you should, uh, you know, you should question um, what, you know, what, what they were saying about COVID or the vaccine or whatever the case may be, um, January 6th or whatever, what, the, all of this stuff was done just because they didn't like it. Now, in November, CBS News said that it was pausing its activity on the platform out of an abundance of caution, as they put it, only to resume the posting a few days later. <laughs> Imagine that, right? <laughs> I mean, this stuff is just, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. So according to these hilarious, hypo, um, just hypocritical journalists, as they call themselves, it's okay to cancel the president of the United States or or anyone that that correctly questioned health policy, as we just talked about. But how dare they suspend journalists for seven days for doxing, right? I mean, does Musk know who he's dealing with here? <laughs> they are they they are journalists. Come on. They're they're not just common people or or even worse. They're they're not conservatives. <laughs> right-wing extremists, you know, I mean, whatever you want to call, right? Conspiracy theorists. This stuff, this is very entertaining to me. I I hope it is for you too. And you need to let me know if it is, if this, if this is just as funny to you as it is to me, and you want to, you want to hear more, let me know. You can go to our Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram or MeWe, uh, or just go to our website at Uncommon Sense Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.